a crapshoot. Have you hit record yet? I have. Oh, okay. Well, shit. Let's get started. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, to, you know. I mean, started drinking the beer. I don't yes. care if we talk or not. Yes, yes, precisely. I just discovered today how to sync and unsync the cursor rolling with the the playback in GarageBand oh. after accidentally turning it off months ago and being super fucking annoyed. And finally, oh, and so you're recording scrolls off the right side of the yeah, screen while you're, yeah. huh. And it's like, no, I want to, I mean, sometimes that's useful, but that's not what I wanted. So, yeah. Yeah. So, there's, there's a, there's a word for that that I've forgotten. Uh, I've been using logic. I just started using automation tracks, which is a whole new fucking rabbit hole for me to go down when editing a podcast and I can flip out and get <laughs> I saw like, your tweet about that yeah just <laughs> I'm so stupid I am so stupid like the last thing on this earth that I need is to spend more time on each individual podcast well, episode it's, I it's put out. that's a whole like keeping the tool set simple thing is uh, something I was just writing up a little bit about uh, today uh, Daniel Bogan wafer baby mm-hmm. um he uh, does a, a a blog type thing called uh, uses this if mm-hmm. I'm remembering right, and uh, so he's like, "Hey, you want to do a, a little interview for this?" And I was like, "Sure." And so he emailed me some questions, and I wrote back. It was basically, you know, what do you do, and what hardware and software do you use to use to do it? And I found myself sort of thinking about it, and like, it's not news to me that like I keep things relatively simple mm. and sort of just use whatever is available, but it's it was interesting to stop and realize that that's become a real sort of philosophical thing for me mm. almost by accident where it's like I avoid new tools if I actually have something I want to get done because I know that I'm just going to get bogged down in dealing with the tools and not make the thing. Right. And, you know, it's it's constraining to do that because it means like I just write off a whole bunch of potential, you know, additional nuances and functions I could get out of something. But in practice, you know, 99% of the time, if I have an idea, I have an idea because I sort of know how I would do it to begin with. So I can just get down to work with right. whatever, maybe not perfect, but still really solid tools I had to work with instead of saying, I'm really excited right now. Why don't I get really frustrated at a new unfamiliar right. tool? You know, and the, and, and the thing is like, if you don't stop and force yourself to learn new tools when you're not in a fit of excitement, then you can sort of get locked in place. But still it's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. You recognize that I, I, <laughs> anyway, you're listening to the, the crapshoot episode uh, 33, maybe? Boy, that sounds that, maybe. That train of thought just fell. <laughs> it, like the train wasn't even moving. It just kind of fell over off, just, the, off the rails. The high, high center of gravity Clunk. of that train. <laughs> I am Josh Millard. I'm Jesse Holden. Hi. I, um, what I was starting to say is... Uh, I, th- I think we have similar personality types where we would want to maximize a new tool or at least like know our way around it and stuff. And then that becomes what the project is and not making the thing with the tool, but learning the tool yeah. becomes its own entire yeah, thing. Yeah, it can and be so a thing. And, and you, the be- your, your best state is is when the tools are completely out of the way, right? It's like it's when you've been painting for so long that you don't really think of the paintbrush in your hand so exactly. much as like it's just coming out. Or playing music is probably even more like that. Yeah, But um yeah, but yeah, there's a balance to be struck there. You know, my my dad was just in town, and he has he still has all of his Microsoft Word documents in a version of Microsoft Word that is preventing him from 
installing OS updates, which is preventing him from having Time Machine and has forced us to make a big, big, incredibly convoluted workaround for his data backups. And long story short, it's um, he he's just like, well, I know how to use this version. And so yeah. why the fuck would I ever, you yeah. know, and that's a completely entirely reasonable up to a point. And then suddenly you don't there's no intermediary versions that will open that file anymore yeah. and so you're stuck yeah it becomes a trap he's literally like his current plan is to buy a second computer and use that as his main computer and then have this like kind of a frozen and carbonite <laughs> computer that he uses to access his old files because it's that much di- it's that it's going to be that difficult i mean i went i spent all day trying to write an automator script that would like open every individual document select everything copy it close oh, geez, yeah. open the other paste save uh, you know, copy the name into a second clipboard and stuff. And like, cause it's, he needs a way forward from this. Yeah. And how many documents <clears throat> are we talking about? Uh, eight or 900, I think maybe yeah. like 11 or 1200. That's enough to be a serious, uh, yeah, yeah that's a hiring intern situation. Yeah. <laughs> Just pay some right. poor high school kid, <laughs> you know, $10 an hour to spend a week doing that shit. Yeah. And it, it, it's funny. It's a funny time to be talking about tools because you, um, uh, Pro Tools, uh, Avid just came out with Pro Tools First, which is a free version of their Pro Tools oh. suite. Um, that you know, with some limitations. I'll say it's sweet. Hey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> I've really missed out on the face-to-face uh, interaction <laughs> of this. We've done these couple of podcasts over the summer over Skype, and it was fine. And I think it worked partly because like we've done right. enough that like we sort of know each other's habits, but. Uh, but, you know, being able to actually see the dumb face you're making <laughs> while you waggle your shoulders back and forth and say, hey, it's really it's 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 the strongest argument yet for this becoming a video podcast. I have resting idiot face. <laughs> um, and, you know, the, this Pro Tools suite is like so much better suited in many ways for podcasting. There's not really any great audio editing tools that are kind of podcast first. And, you know, even the newest version of GarageBand drops a bunch of podcasts like mastering isn't the right word, but metadata tools and tagging and things like that. Um, that, uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. So like, there it is. It's sitting on my hard drive. I have it all set up. I've opened a sample project and just been like, this is like take two weeks off work and just sit here with this yeah. is my option or just keep using my ancient version of logic express. That's slowly getting outmoded. Exactly. You know, I bought, I bought reason right before I went to Alabama for the summer and I was excited about that. That was going to be my thing that I did. And then I just like almost didn't touch it. Uh, and not that I'm not sort of excited about it, but it's like, oh, I could use this to record, do audio recording and mixing, but I don't know how that's going to work <laughs> at all. And every time I've wanted to record something, it's like, no, I just want to record something. I'm going to launch up, you know, garage band and I'll plug in this USB mic and that'll just be it. And it's not great, but it's good enough and mm-hmm. it got done, you know? So yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky, tricky, tricky. I wish I could remember the lyrics to tricky. Yeah. <laughs> When you do the thing and then the thing, it's like the thing is, yeah, yeah it's tricky. It's tough to rock a rhyme to rock a rhyme on time. Yes. That's right. It's tricky. It is. It's Pretty difficult. sure that's right. Um, hi, hi, Daniel Bogan. I love that guy. I the, He was uh, maybe, maybe the first person I like forged a relationship with completely on like the forged internet. Forged as, as in like used Photoshop to invent it from whole cloth without the other person's permission. Not exactly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like forged as Am in I on like, trial you know, here? Uh, put um, on a, an anvil in a fiery volcano. No, none of those it. things. Okay. Now, eventually, I'll figure out every word that triggers a random digression from you, and I'll oh, be able to luck. tiptoe through the minefield and get a story out. <laughs> 
Um, he, uh, it's as you probably know, but yeah, it's uh, Daniel Bogan uh, had a site called Wait Wait for Baby, and he hosted my website the first time I ever put a web my own website together and stuff, and it has been um, over since I was fifteen or so, sixteen maybe. Um, has just like patiently answered every stupid CSS and HTML question, hosted my first site, set me up with my first like private email service and uh, has just been like an awesome, super good friend dude and like been, been stressed out sometimes we've gone to each other and check. We used to, he was like my number one ICQ contact. I used his custom <laughs> icon set for ICQ. Uh, anyway, so that's great. It's I love I love I love the way he sort of orbits around every once in a while. Like to find, you know, to that that he just kind of like crosses paths like he shows up yeah. in Flickr or you know whatever. Yeah, and I just met him last year at XOXO. At XOXO, which we're um today is the inaugural day. Yes. Uh, inaugural. XOXO 2015. I don't think it's inaugural. I don't think a day can be inaugural, can it? Like a year is inaugural. An event itself is inaugural, but the day is just the day of the inaugural. Huh. So this and 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 last year's was the inaugural. I think we just we need a word for like the start of something that's not just like the first time that it happens on a yearly basis. Because I think that's what inaugural is, isn't it? Like like the 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 inaugural. I don't know. A presidential inauguration isn't the first president. Oh shit! What am I thinking of then? Maybe. Well. Yeah. Hmm. Fuck. I may be, I I may be just barking up the wrong, uh, (laughs) linguistic tree here. Uh, Yeah. So, um, XOXO is another thing that sort of orbits this podcast. And we had, uh, Andy on that one time and got a really, really wonderful conversation with him. Uh, and I think last year, this time we were down here with Brad sucks. Yes. Was that? No, no, that was the year. That was the two ago. The previous, yeah. Like okay. Last year we threw together a cobbled together XOXO oh, field right, recording. Right, podcast. the rough, the, the yeah. extra rough. Yes, <laughs> craft shoot episode. Can we top it this year? We'll I, see. Yeah, maybe it'll happen. Yeah, with I don't know. We haven't really talked about any plans around that yeah. stuff. It might be fun. I mean, I we have. Do, I we, sort of put together a kit to record straight to the iPad, which might be fun just as an experiment. But yeah, maybe. I don't know if I, I want to count on it. Yeah, I think trying to do an actual multi-party sit-down podcast in a restaurant that's playing music is maybe. An non-starter mm. uh, we could try and find a quiet place for several people but we could also <laughs> do, we could do the person on the street thing a little bit more aggressively and more like I you know, know we got one poor yeah. guy <laughs> I, I think what we would actually need to do is like think for two seconds ahead of time and say hey can i interview you for a couple minutes real quick for a thing yeah and then say hey hello what's your name who are right. you let's talk about a thing you know and that that seems like that might be that might be a thing that could work. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I think that there's a, a diff, number of different ways to approach it, but you just have to kind of pick a way and approach it rather than I think, like. I think let's I think just the, have it in our pocket and see what happens. I think and the then, big shame here is that there is no precedent for us to fall back. There's no history of recording, interviewing, or journalistic technique from which we could learn if only we I know. were able to. Like, yeah, you know, it's so hard having to invent everything. Inventing yeah, podcasting, you know, it's, it's yeah. really it's difficult being a pioneer like this. You know, <laughs> if only I could like study and learn from the you know lessons of others uh <laughs> i have a question yes sir. i've got a big question here hit me um that i think is a real thinker that we need to figure this out okay uh ears are your ears on your face <laughs> this is this a new ask metafilter um ten thousand comment thread i it might be i think okay. i think angela may have just flat out asked this at random today we were talking she's like you know and i was like man that's wait what i don't so tell me are your ears on your face no. defend your position no okay so <laughs> so they're they're 
they're not on your face. You're, they're definitely not a part of your face. No, your face is everything forward of your ears. Okay, so the ear is the <laughs> the ear is the actual the last the, line. It's like the last thing that's not a your face. Your sideburns are on your face. Yeah, I think so. Is the space between your sideburns and when your ear starts coming out is that part of your ear or part of your face? That's a, or is it a no man's? That's land? a transitional zone. Yeah, okay, it's, a so no it's man's like a land. liminal space. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's the gray area. Uh, well, that that was that resolved then. I don't know. I mean, okay. <laughs> this is what we should ask everybody. I feel next strong to our show. about it. Do you feel uh, differently? I feel conflicted about it, okay. and and that may be why I'm thinking it's such a great question. And Angela pointed out that maybe just everybody will say, "Well, no, it's not," you know, or you know, maybe maybe everybody will have a strong opinion for what it obviously is, except for me, and mm-hmm. I'll just be saying, "But, but I, I don't know." Right. I, you know, I'll be the one agnostic in a land of believers or something. No, you're crazy. Um, it's it, here's why. If 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 someone punches you in the ear, they didn't punch you in the face. That's, you know, that's a good point. I, I guess they punch you in the head, they punch you in the ear specifically. Yeah. I mean, it's in the side of the head. See, here's the thing. Would a face look weird without an ear though? Would a face look weird? Your head would look weird, and yes. it's hard to look at a face without seeing the entire head at the same time. But 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 a, a head doesn't necessarily look weird without hair. Like you can do literally anything with your hair, and it's mm-hmm. just hair, right? You know, you can have no hair, you can have short hair, long hair, spiky hair, mohawk, messy hair. It's all just hair, and no one's gonna say, you know, if you shave it off, they're gonna be like, oh, I can't. What the fuck? How does that head not have hair on it? So there's something about an ear that's a little bit more of a landmark, right? It's like it's more of a like you would be. Like you shouldn't be a dick about it, obviously, but just in a misu- immediate visual reaction to someone, uh-huh. it would be weird to not see ears. In a way, it's not weird to not see hair or to see uh, a variety right. of hair. I think hair is the special case here, not ears. So, I guess I guess it would be weird to see someone without a scalp. So that would be right, or like a forehead, or nose, or cheekbones, or. Well, but teeth now you're talking about anything. face stuff. You gotta. This can't be. You know. Oh. Let's keep it separate from the face. I want to. I'm trying to stake out. I don't know if we, imagining a head missing a feature is a way of determining where on the body that feature is. I'm not sure if it is either, but I'm. I'm trying to. I, I guess I'm trying to classify the ear at this point. Like, okay. I'm willing to concede it's not on the face. Like, okay. I, I kind of agree. I think that's my gut feeling. Is like the face really does start, as you said, pretty much like in front of the hair, in front of the, mm-hmm. like, like it starts like, definitely everything behind my sideburns is not my face, but the ears are the weird part of that not face part of the head. Like, like, like maybe they're the only thing in a class of ear-like things in that sense, that they have a little bit more featuredness and more prominence and fleshiness than the rest of your head, despite being part of your head rather than part of your face. Okay. What about like the underside of your chin? Like, like, the flesh under your chin is that part of your face? It depends on how how much you grow it out. Well, no, 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 not some, the hair. In some people, no, or right, you the, ne- the, the, the neck itself, the waddle. What do you what do you call it? Uh, on a, a double gu- chin. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sometimes then you, you it just blends the chest into the face, and then, do, so you have to kind of like pick a line of demarcation manually when you're looking at someone. So so if it if it if it if it expands enough to eliminate the strong line of the chin then yeah. then becomes semi face or yeah i think the jaw face. the jaw, the jaw line is a pretty safe line of demarcation yeah. for the bottom boundary of the face but 
the jawline isn't always visually apparent depending yeah. on the person. See, that's because that, that creates a sort of fuzziness there. Mm-hmm. What if someone had unusually forward ears? What if someone's ears was like an inch or so farther forward than a typical ear, like enough that it's observably far forward? Like you can say at a glance, wow, that guy's ears are. It far would have forward. to be under the eyeball before I would consider it part <laughs> just of like, the face. Just like right, right on the cheekbone, <laughs> yeah. like right, like growing out of the sinuses. Anything short of that, I'm going to still call it not part of the face. Okay. Okay. See this. Okay. I think we need to, this is what we should explore next XO, XO this year. <laughs> no. This is, this is what we should ask strangers after a couple drinks <laughs> in the park of a decommissioned high school. Uh, <laughs> yes, that. That, we got that resolved. Yep. I maybe. I hope. We we got we got to start on it. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> you gave me some ideas. Um welcome home. How how was your trip back? It was good. Uh we had a nice time. Uh with uh like I we had a bad day in Utah and it wasn't like a terrible day or anything, but it was just like mm-hmm. the only day that like bad stuff happened and those bad things were uh I dropped my iPhone. Uh, on the floor of the visitor center at Antelope Island Lake State Park or something. It's this little peninsular thing in the Great Salt Lake. Okay. Because Angela had never been there. I'd never been there. We were like, hey, let's let's go see the, the lake. It's very salty. Mm. Um, and One got, of these ones you can f- just like lay on your back and kind of float in. Uh, you could. In theory, we weren't going to because it was okay. relatively shallow where we were. And also there was so much brine and brine flies. And also we were on the road. Uh, yeah, so so it really smelled where we went mm-hmm. uh, of all the dead brine flies, <laughs> and also there was the live brine flies floating around like a a a giant blanket of in, yeah. It was we went in, we got out, we did it, but uh, yeah. But that's what an interesting thing I didn't know about the Salt Lake is they built a, a like railroad causeway, like they built a wall across the lake uh, many years ago, uh, decades ago, I guess probably uh, to make it faster and less inconvenient to run i think basically cargo you know freight rail across that area and as a result they basically divided the lake in two and Mm. so the top half of the lake way saltier than the bottom half now i mean in relative terms it's still a salty fucking lake in the bottom half but i think if you really wanted to maximize crazy floatiness you might have to go to the north end to where the salt has been accumulating because there's this imbalance of inlet and outlet in the lake because they built this goddamn thing Hmm. Uh, which is weird to me. It's like you really had to, how expensive was it to build tracks across this lake versus just going up and around them? Like, was it really going to cost that much more than building a bridge in a fucking lake? Cause that has, <laughs> it's gotta be more expensive to lay track in the middle of a lake than, you know, uh, on the land around the lake, you know, in just per, per foot. So if you're, I, I, I'm curious about the economics of that. Yeah, I, I never was, understood yeah. how you how you made a uh, underground rail or uh, underwater. Yeah, like I, the way uh, Bart goes under the bay in San Francisco. Yeah, I guess you you just be clever is what you do. Yeah, you just like know about engineering. That's yeah. probably the yeah, secret. That's, I think the answer is to have <laughs> skills that we lack entirely, and to uh, <laughs> proceed from there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I dropped my iPhone in the visitor center of this like nice park mm-hmm. not uh, in the lake though not in the lake fortunately okay. no just just dropped it uh drop you know I, i've probably dropped my phone in the last 10 years like you know a hundred times literally and i never have a case because i don't like cases uh but this was the time that it finally you know did it mm. it just right the angle and it's an iphone 6 so it's got like the there's a little bit more glass to hit 
mm-hmm. from any random drop. And yeah, so I cracked it and I got that fixed once I got home. But the same okay. day later, we get out of Salt Lake. We're heading north past uh, the Salt Lake area and uh, we suddenly get a tire pressure warning. Uh, and it's because we've got a hole in our tire. And so we, we got to replace it with a Les Schwab. Uh, both back tires were pretty bare because we've been driving them since we bought the car. So they're like, hey, you just need new tires. And hey, oddly enough, we only have the slightly more expensive ones, but uh, they're good for 80,000 miles. So he said, <laughs> fine, put them on. And sweet. so, yeah, that was that was that was that was all the the bad news, aside from a little bit of uh, crappy rain at times. So it wasn't as much of a breakneck thing as the not, way there. Not so bad. I mean, it wasn't way more relaxed. We still drove like seven, eight hour days most days that we <sighs> drove, but we did. But that's versus like eight, nine, ten on the way out. Right. Uh, you know, we had another day's worth of driving to spread it out. Plus, we stopped uh, for a couple nights in New Orleans and we saw GJ, uh, Cold Chef from Metafilter and uh, several other people. And uh, it was really nice. Happy happy birthday, GJ. Yes. Uh, we really need to get a bunch of people to flip off. Uh, that was my plan. I tonight. literally, uh, as I was driving here, uh, an alert went off on my phone, a reminder alert, and it said, flip off GJ. <laughs> Excellent. So, um, yeah, we'll have to do something. But um, is there is there some kind of like verbal equivalent to flipping someone off? Like some choice of know. words I mean, that uh, means the same thing yeah, as a middle know, finger I, to the face? Uh, I, I know you're leading to an obvious joke about, <laughs> you know, just the obviousness of saying fuck you or something. But, uh, but it's interesting that there really isn't. I mean, you can situationally have a relationship with a friend where you can jokingly say fuck you to them. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. I could easily do the verbal equipment of flipping you off, mm-hmm. you know, with a appropriately delivered fuck you. Right. Um, but it's much less generalizable. Like, I feel like you could really reliably sarcastically in a jovial way, flip off uh, someone you don't know very well and they would get it. Like they're more likely to. Yeah. yeah. Like it's not a guarantee, but it's, I think it's easier to communicate the, oh, right. you sort of thing with a, a goofy bird. You just bird. fucking flipped me off just now? <laughs> I can't fucking believe you just did that. That's so uh, mean. But yeah. No, what I, did I ever do to you? <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't know. I, I, know, you, I don't know. I, like, I've, I've, had, uh, I've had bosses, like for example, flip me off in a way that they knew I was going to take in the right spirit. And But I've never had a boss say, fuck you. Yeah. So, yeah. I can yeah. See, and I, can I mean, it's that. not like you couldn't deliver fuck you in like an obviously, oh, fuck you. Right. You know, so, but I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> that was not from the stage of an opera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you. Uh, yeah, I don't know how that came out, but but you know the point is whether or not I can go, do a good delivery on a yeah. on, on demand here. I think there's a variety of ways you could like dress up a fuck you as silly, right. but it's still a little bit more work. It's well, a can little do, bit more, do we? Should, well, should, should we say fuck you, GJ, or should we not? I don't know. I don't think we should. I guess not. Yeah. I I, I think we should say I love you, GJ, and then yeah. flip them off. It's like the appropriate it, sort right. of balance. That's right. Because it doesn't. It's not a. It's not a um, fuck you when you flip off, GJ. It's an I love you. Exactly. Yeah. It's a the, the, for for people who have no idea what we're talking about. This is a very nice man from Louisiana. Right. He's so not, when you hug him, it's like saying fuck you. Yeah. 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 Basically. Yeah. And he says fuck you back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we should definitely tell him to listen to this a little bit. Uh, GJ is a very nice man from uh, Louisiana. He's an undertaker, uh, and he a literal undertaker. A literal undertaker. His family runs a funerary business, which is probably not the right way to refer to it, but that's what I'm running with. A, fun- and, uh, a funerarium. He 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 tweets about his work as a funeral director and undertaker, and it's fascinating. And he's got great stories, and he's one of the most wonderful, lovable guys you could ever meet. 
And he really likes it when people send him pictures of them jovially flipping him off. Uh, and so he's been collecting those for a few years now. And by God, we'll have to come up with a few more birds for him. Since yeah. His Flippies, he here. calls them. Flippies? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and yeah, so it's a, it's, it's, it's a nice thing. But I guess there's zero context for that anybody who doesn't specifically know him already before listening to this podcast. So. Yeah, he's, he's like a superhuman. I t- he blows my mind. Um, he's an amazing dude. And, uh, and he guest hosted on the Metafilter podcast. It's right. Month, yeah. If you nice. want to hear the man uh, speak in his own defense, you can listen to the last Metafilter podcast. And I think his business card says, uh, I'll be the last one to let you down. And that's brilliant. He's He also has uh, or has joked about having I will bury you on his <laughs> business card. <laughs> he was just joking about some others, too, but I don't remember them offhand. So this is an anecdote about how I can't remember something funny someone said. Uh, the crapshoot in a nutshell. Yep. <laughs> Not Josh specifically, but just the just com- our, our, our dynamic, of our, the our, our whole zeitgeist. Yes. Is it time for a break? Let's take a quick break. Okay, and then we can start the show for real, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you haven't said anything about my haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I, I my, my, my hair's it's shorter been, when I, I just leave. I haven't seen you so yeah, long. It's, it's clearly longer than it was since you last saw me. It's, and yet somehow you're supposed to intuit that it's slightly shorter than it was four hours oh, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah how, how, what is this? You know, I mean, it's confusing because it's getting longer microscopically every second as I look at you. you know, so, so it's they, just chaos. They say you can never, you can never step in the same hair river twice. That's is what they say. Uh, <laughs> that is what they say in my fucking nightmares. <laughs> and then, and then, like and then their eyes begin exist. to bleed. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, nice haircut, asshole. Thanks. Fuck you <laughs> with my you. fingers. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's unnecessary. Hey, do you want to talk about emotional labor? Uh, no, you, there's a great <laughs> podcast episode of the Metafilter podcast where they talk about emotional labor. Um, I I don't know. I guess we could. You know what I, I want to talk about is fucking dogs, though. Okay. Because f- you, you started fucking dogs. Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> what's What's the deal with dogs? That's my fucking question. What is the Just deal like with in dogs? General? Just look at them. <laughs> uh which any, are we talking about like a specific dog or a specific set of dogs or no, just I'm dogs about as a the, class the universe of dogs it's insane it's there like just pick two random dogs off the face of the earth and show them to an alien and it's like are these the same species and the alien will be like fuck no are you fucking kidding i mean look at every alien in the entire corpus of star trek they all look more like each other than any two dogs <laughs> look like each other <laughs> <laughs> uh yes no i think uh there's there's dogs that are this big there's dogs that would fit in my pocket literally and there's dogs like i just bumped into uh when i was going for a walk a couple days ago that like when they're standing they're up to my shoulder they're dogs dogs exist in such variety that you can do the there are this many earths inside of jupiter sort of thing but with one type of dog and another type of dog right like there's there's probably a hundred chihuahuas in a great day. 
Like that's <laughs> that is some fucking space facts right, right. there. That is a we space should rename the planets NASA according to the relative size of dogs. <laughs> Pluto's already there, but we're gonna have to rework that because he's more of a yeah. He's like a Neptune. Like he's a good size, you know, piece of who? Wait, dog who's flesh. a ne- Pluto? Pluto the dog? Pluto? Yes. Pluto the dog is like a Neptune the planet. He's a biggish dog. He's smaller than a mouse. Pluto? Yeah. Well, no, okay, but Mickey is a freakish mouse. Oh. Like, fr- Mi- I don't Mi- know Mickey- what scale Mickey- those character- Disney characters are at in relation to, like, a normal-sized human. I think I think Mickey is, like, about a five-foot-tall hominid. Oh, my Mickey, God. Mi- Mickey, Mickey is, is uh, he's about a five-foot-tall hominid. He's shortish for, like, an average human, but not mm-hmm. by a lot. But it's really come up a lot since the nuclear apocalypse that gave rise right. to Walt Disney's prophetic post-World War III vision. <laughs> Are they using, like, um, abandoned human, like, houses and vehicles and stuff? I think they may be building simulacra of, oh, yeah. uh, of, of those things. Because that's all, they, all they've had access to mm-hmm. in, their, in their sort of developments as sentient beings. So in it's steam, steamboat Willie is, he's not like driving a real regular human steamboat. It's a kind of a reconstruction of a human right, steamboat right, at right. slightly smaller scale, like yeah. 80% size. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's essentially the Cambrian it, era. Yeah. Of, of the, of the new Disney. There must be like size references somewhere in this corpus. Right. I mean, like I, I bet to the extent that there are, they're really inconsistent. Is my yeah. guess. But I, I, I would I would be willing to bet that the general implication is that the main cast of characters of the Disneyverse are approximately human sized. OK, maybe a little bit shorter. I guess I guess that makes sense. I mean, I guess it makes sense that Mickey Mouse isn't like literally mouse sized, yeah. like less than a well, foot think tall. how different the physics would be if they were actually a, a significantly different scale in humans. Would they be that? Yeah. Like. Just like you know, even even if Mickey was like six inches tall, mm-hmm. like he his his weight to mass or his weight to mass ratio, mm-hmm. his, his 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 muscle to mass ratio, you know, and the relative ease of hopping. I mean, oh, but he's, he's got nimble. little stick legs and feet. He just well, doesn't have any muscle. So, so, That's why. Well, so do so do like little mice. I mean, they they are not big muscle bound creatures, but they can still they can skitter like a motherfucker. They 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 can turn on a dime. Yeah. Because like there's so little mass to shift around, there's they're not dealing with the same like amount of inertial, you know, impact there. So like yeah. you would see, it, occasionally someone has gotten punched in a Disney cartoon. I'm sure, right? Yeah, they would have. Oh yeah, been, Donald gives and receives punches on yeah. the reg. So you would fucking fly across the room <laughs> yeah. if you were receiving that as something with very little mass, because just the impulse would like. <laughs> Yeah, like you would move more cartoonishly than actual cartoons if you were not a cartoon. Is my thesis? Yeah, I, Mickey doesn't do a lot of skittering. That's a yeah, good point. Yeah. So okay. Of, so here's here's how I never imagined them when I saw these cartoons um, was as uh, seven and a half foot tall hulking behemoths as they are in their representations at Disneyland. True. True. That's, which is why it was really upsetting when I first saw photos. <laughs> I never went to Disneyland, but I, when I first saw photos of uh, these characters, like in their scale to humans, and then like I'm trying to go back and watch these cartoons and imagine them being like seven foot tall, like being Goliaths, uh, didn't it? It didn't. It didn't improve a, that. That is a, that is a really interesting point there because yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. Even though obviously, like Disneyland, Disney World are huge touchstones for the Disney Empire, right? Uh, Right. Like I never looked at Mickey Mouse and just thought like he could pick me up and put me in his mouth probably. 
pretty pretty without With too his much trouble. Cold, blank, staring <laughs> eyes. Yeah, he could probably bite off the top half of my body. Those strange, breathable perforations in his face. And then you see him in person, and that's the first thing you think, of course. Yeah. yeah so, hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, dogs are fucked up. Am I right? Dogs are super <laughs> fucked. I'm with you now. I'm I'm on board. Yes, dogs are just like, what the fuck happened there? Like, is there any greater? You know, my fear is that the aliens won't look at the two dogs and say, what the fuck are these even the same species? They'll look at the dogs, instantly figure it out, and have an accurate picture of the hubris and willingness to affect others that humanity has displayed and its willingness to breed this wide panoply of dog breeds. I guess. Yeah. Like like that like like that's the thing. Dogs did not randomly fucking Galapagos Island their way into this wide oh, variety yeah, of breeds. That's a good We've point. really actively, you know, bred them to these various, you know, Hyper extremes. extreme body yeah. types. Yeah. Like if you met someone who if you didn't know about dogs, if dogs breeds weren't a thing that we were all familiar with, and you met someone that was like, Oh, what do you do? Oh, I uh I alter dogs' genetic uh, code. Right. Here's my Chihuahua and my Great Dane, and all you've ever known is like you know dingoes or something. Mm-hmm. You would look at this person and you would like step one: how do I get out of here alive? Right. Step two: which authorities do I call first? Because clearly this person has gone insane and is doing terrible fucking things. But because we've been doing it as a group over a couple hundred years, no, it's just like dogs. Are right. Great. It's a centuries-long yeah. genetic exactly uh, experiment. It's like if you kill one person, you know, you're a murderer. If you come in person, people, you're <laughs> yes, a... Yes, Josh. Please keep that in mind. <laughs> you're a murderer, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> so society you know, you says. you kill a million people, you're a visionary. Like, what, I'm sure there's a much better actual quote for that. But the, the idea, like, like, things when things get to a large enough scale, they lose what would otherwise seem like a clear meaning. Right. And I feel like dog breeding is a weird example of us, like, really, really doing a weird thing you know, as a species, just because we can, like the ability to custom breed, not particularly healthy purebred dog variations. Right. They can barely keep themselves alive or breathe properly without assistance. Yeah. 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 As long as, as long as most of them survive birth. Right. You know, um, yeah, well, I guess, uh, you know, there's some weird karmic comeuppance in some sci-fi dystopian future where dogs are breeding us in those same ways. And we get the same insane variety of, uh, body types and physiologies uh in humanity yep looking forward to it it's yeah, gonna be great f- it's gonna be weird well and, and so back to the disney thing maybe maybe what we're seeing with all those weird hominid characters is not the result of random mutations but the result of them adopting that predilection towards breeding towards a more internally direct like they Boy, are we're t- we, we have a long are, way to go as a society until we, before we want six four foot tall rat mice well, well, no, no, see, so we're gone ducks, and then the, they, they rise up in our stead but they carry forward the value of sort of selective breeding oh. uh, but as something that they consider internal to their sort of society rather than you know something that they do to lesser things where it's convenient so they become they're they're both literally post-humanist and figuratively transhumanist. They become what transhumanist humans wanted to become before we wiped ourselves all out in a nuclear annihilation. Mm-hmm. Is my is my vision of that situation? You buying that? I'm buying it. You picking up what I'm putting down. I'm 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 right there with you. I think we have a pretty good idea of what's coming. Okay, follow up question. Yeah, are Mickey's ears part of his face? <laughs> Mickey's ears are in a ear superposition. Like, have you noticed that, like, depending on which way he's facing, the one ear is up and the one ear is down, and but it's all 
black and yeah, no, it's unified. There, there's a whole. There's I saw a good illustration of like what Mickey head on. Just he just has one central ear on the top of his head, <laughs> and then one sticking directly out either side. <laughs> so and that's why he looks, looks that yeah. way. Yeah, I, I was gonna say it could be like maybe that's one of the weird things about that uh, post World War Three Disney universe is that uh, quantum effects have become macro effects, and so the idea of spin other than one the idea of particles that have to rotate more or less than one full rotation to make a perceived full rotation uh becomes something that shows up on a macro scale and so when mickey moves his head like a quarter turn Mm. you see essentially a half turn of a portion of his head the ear portion of his head Hmm. and that's why we always get those weird angles so he's kind of like a three and a half dimensional being or something yeah he's like he's like a giant fucking quark right right. he's he's a macro quark right and it's it's somehow only in how you view it does it collapse into the shape that you then see huh that's that makes sense to me i think i think i think i've solved it yeah we we should explain this to kids who are probably real confused (laughs) yeah explain it to them (laughs) and that's how they know that's the false mickey because his head has spin one uh <laughs> oh, what was I going to say? I forgot already. Oh, well. I tried uh, rereading a brief history of time over the summer, and I think I, basically the same thing happened as when I was in high school, but I was more honest about this time, which is I got a couple chapters in. I was like, okay, okay, yeah, I'm following. Mm-hmm. And a couple more, I was like, well, I'm getting hazy, but I <laughs> some of the conceptual stuff seems familiar. Right. And you I were think drinking saying, the whole time, obviously. Well, no, the, you know what I was doing was I was reading it in bed, which is mm-hmm. the, the, like, if you ever, like, I'm not going to have a hard enough time understanding an explanation of quantum physics. I should give myself a handicap. I should, yeah, Do it right before bed. Cue my body to start shutting down yeah. my brain. I mean, you would argue in a sense that if you have to reread the same paragraph three times, you'd learn more. But Not me. Yeah. So I, about seven chapters in, I was like, you know, I should read something else. It's- you know, there is a book called A Briefer History of Time that is uh, yeah. that that's uh, another. It's by Stephen Hawking, I think. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, I think it's, and it's just like a slightly boiled down version. That might be worth looking at sometime. Yeah. This was the slightly revised and expanded version, but it's oh, basically okay. the same as the original. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nope. I'm nope. bad at that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's fucking confusing. Yeah. It's what it is. We might be too old to learn things too. Maybe. We were basically dead. Yeah. We're basically dead people. Sorry. Um, Sorry but, you know, people what you who are like on fleek or whatever. <laughs> it's, we're, we're just the, the <laughs> dust under your feet and the forward march of progress. What I ended up reading actually uh, was the original Hemlock Grove novel, which this can be a quick anecdote if you haven't watched the show at all on Netflix, but it's a, it's a nice uh, Netflix original series, I think written and directed by the guy who wrote the novel. And I really enjoyed it. There's a couple seasons out now and there's weird stuff with vampires and werewolves and various stuff, but in sort of like a contemporary urban setting and, hmm political machinations and you know sort of just drama hmm. I, I like it it's it's nice it's it's shot well i the the characters are interesting uh so i read the uh i i've been reading the book that the guy wrote that led to the series oh, and cool. uh, i've been enjoying that as well and we have no further reference points and there the we go <laughs> um i enjoyed the the pilot uh for the man in the high castle that oh, amazon put together um, it was, they, they released like six or eight different pilots to see which that generated the most interest to develop a full 
show out of that they could have an Amazon Prime original in the same way there's Netflix originals. Yeah. Um, I don't think Man in the High Castle is going to get made, which is unfortunate because I liked the pilot. It's That's like an hour, hour and a half, I think. And it was interesting. I'd never read the Philip K. Dick yeah. uh, book that it's based on or short story book. I don't remember. I don't know if I've read it or not. I'm familiar with it. Yeah. But, uh, I've read a bunch of Dick stories. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes. Sorry. I, I meant feel up Dick. Feel up. Oh, uh, hey. <laughs> um, a visionary. And this is what we're doing to him in his death. Uh, Boy, in the last episode of In the Cut, uh, we, we were trying to... Um, Talk about how the next one we're going to do is going to be a Wes Craven movie in memoriam and memorandum. Yeah. In memorials. In Momo. In Momo. And I was so fucking tired and I couldn't hold my shit together. And I'm just like laughing and like choking (laughs) the whole time and talking. (laughs) In in the memorial episode or in the discussion about the the intention to do it? In the discussion of, yeah, doing doing something in his memory. And I kept saying, um... Uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas instead of Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just couldn't hold my shit together. So, yep, this is the wrong place to be for uh, respect for the dead. Yep. I guess. Should we, should we take a quick break? I think that's a good time for one. Let's do it. genius i missed i was i was just amazing i missed it and it's lost the ages so we're back now but what's the point what's the point there is no point (laughs) it's just flippies to the universe at this point (laughs) flippies to the dogs flippies to the ears are dogs ears part of their face no because i feel like the expressive nature of dog ears is significantly greater than that of humans like like humans at their best are a shallow mockery of the expressiveness of dog's ears like it's like look i can make my ear move very slightly (laughs) along with my jaw basically whereas dogs are like you can actually hear the sound of a dog's ear going what what no you cannot hear that noise when a dog's ear figuratively figuratively um how expressive something is has zero bearing on whether whether it's placed on the face or but not. I, but we associate facial features with expressiveness. We do as like, humans because we have expressive faces. Dogs have expressive well, yes, tails, I'm, but their tails aren't on their faces. Do we, I have no response to that. I have no response to that. Uh, so, well, okay, maybe I want to create a... Uh, another class of so i think ears belong in a class of face like features despite not belonging to the class facial features is okay. with the argument i'm going to make i'm going to say ears are in a weird class on humans where they belong to they have the attribute of faceishness maybe like there's th- their detailed uh flesh and their placement on the head their their proximity to the eyes and the eye line there's a uh-huh. lot of things about an ear that are sort of faceish despite the fact that i'm willing to basically acknowledge I think not on the face is the correct call. Like they could right. have ended up on the face and that would have been unremarkable to us rather than, isn't it fucking weird that we've got ears on our faces? Like, I think we would have just been like, yeah, well, yeah, that's of course your fucking right. ear. It's part of your face. What's your problem? Right. 
Um, if they were like, <laughs> you want to fight about it? Yeah. It's like, That's it's what like, we would just be like every exactly. day. Like, you know, I mean, we look at, you look at eye stocks on like a, a, a snail or mm-hmm. on a, an alien in a science fiction thing. Mm-hmm. And like we say, okay, well it, it's eye stocks, AKA it's their eyes. It's part of their face. Yes. I mean, to the extent that a snail has a face. I don't know that a snail has a face per se. Like does, does well, I, not that it has much of a face, but imagine an alien, an alien who has eye stalks instead of eyes. Uh-huh. Where are the eye stalks coming from? The top his of the head, head in the vicinity of his, but where do they root into the head? On Seriously? the top or the front? Is that going to, is, is that the thing? Is that the distinct, like if, I think, it, if, it's, I think it if it's more a, like antenna positions, like is an antenna part of an alien with antennas? Like uh, the blue guys, the blue guys that uh, that guy from that movie played one of in that one TV show. God damn it. Blue man group. No. <laughs> yes. Sure. No. Uh, the Andorians, the Andorians and Enterprise. OK. Uh, the guy from the Michael J. Fox movie about the ghosts. God damn it. You do a I've really lost good it all. impression I've... of a really irritating <laughs> movie conversationalist. I've, I've, I've lost it. Uh, uh, scarers, screamers, frighteners, frighteners. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, uh, the reanimator. Uh-huh. You know the reanimator? Uh-huh. You've seen that? Yeah. The, the, the guy who's the, not protagonist exactly, but the main character. Okay. He's played by an actor. <laughs> as in an unusual move one of the notable things about that movie they had actors playing the characters wow the actor was also the guy who played the blue antenna and dorian in enterprise the series with count bacula and he was great as this andorian and andorians have antennas and their antennas move around expressively is it part of the face? No. Okay. But if there was an eyeball on top of the antenna and they use the eyeball for looking and they expressively move their eyeballs on their stocks while emoting, would that be part of their face? I would have to see it. Okay. But you acknowledge the possibility. I think it's possible. It's So something could be not in a traditional part of the face, but have an expressive nature like other traditional facial features. And it's possible it would qualify as being part of the face. I don't know. I would have to see. I would have but to see. it's possible. You're acknowledging the possibility that you would see it and say yes. It's not a flat no. That's <laughs> all I'm getting things, at. I'm not, gonna, I'm not, I'm not going to charge you. There's no quiz. I'm just trying to establish whether that's a flat no or if it's actually I would have to you know, call it when I see it. There's parts of the face that, that are on the face. And then there's parts of the head that are adjacent to the face. They're face adjacent. Or sure. as I say, face jacent. <laughs> yes. They're in the class of face jacent objects. And the ears are one of those face jacent Ears are face jacent. Right. Ear, ears ears, ears may be unique, uniquely the face jacent object on a human Right. Head. You have to, You. it just gets down to what the fucking point of language even is. Because <laughs> there's, there's no, you can't boil, like, you know, you know where your hand ends and your wrist and arm begin generally right yeah but you can't boil down to the very atom where this division is made there right you just have an odd concept of a hand and a wrist and an arm because these are useful distinctions to make just in a in a fuzzy way sure there there, there's there's some penumbral regions when we try and demarcate things that are in actuality a little bit more but it's not even that there's not a hard line it's just that there's not really such a thing as a hand and a wrist and an arm these are all just parts of the same structure made out of the same material i don't think you could say that there's not such a thing as it just that it's not 
it's, really well, statically it's, bounded. It's, it's like, the, I definitely have a there's hand. Not I definitely have a wrist. I definitely have an arm. Well, you I definitely have made a part up. of your body that's useful to refer to in that isolated way, right? I, I, but the word itself isn't inherent to the structure. The word is a, well, the word a useful frame that we can draw around the parts of the body. And, and and therefore just more efficiently refer to these things and use sure. them in that and way. And different, different languages will break these ideas down in different boundaries. And so as far as that goes, right. I, can, I, I, I can feel so, there. But at the same so time, it's not the same thing as saying it's not there. It's just that we use different terms or refer to it in different contexts and different uh, languages. Well, there's nothing inherent to it that makes it different than the thing that it's part, connects to and a part of. Sure. Do you know what I mean? In the face is the same thing, right? I mean, it's it's useful to have a reference to one general part of the body loosely, but it's 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 you can't really draw a scalp take a scalpel and draw a line on where that begins or ends. So maybe the ears are part of the face, is what you're saying? No, they're definitely like if if if, <laughs> if Germans believed the ear was part of the face. No, but the Germans could have a word that that they used that referred more broadly to that part of the body structure or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's all stardust anyway, Josh. <laughs> I guess. I guess it is. You got me on the stardust point. Stardust is definitely what it all is. Mm-hmm. We all we all are made of star stuff mm-hmm. from ashes to ashes, mm-hmm. dust to dust. These are the days of our lives. <laughs> Requiescent, right? And pache, you take the good, custodians. you take the bad, you take them both, and then you have the facts dogs. of dogs. The facts of dogs. <laughs> when the world is a dog, mm-hmm. and the dogs are things that are dogs, then you got a dog, and then you got another dog, and it's dogs. Ooh, 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 dogs. You you resisted the urge to bark during the woo hoo hoo. I I never part. felt I never felt the urge at oh, all. Oh okay. Uh, there's something there's something dead in my soul that that never even was on the table. So there's a couple reasons I was late to meet you today. One is um, it's that's gonna sound like a hard cut, but that's I'm just changing <laughs> the subject that abruptly. That wasn't an edit at all. Uh, one is I had to stop and get beer, which I hadn't planned ahead and bought. One was I was hungry and thought I should probably eat before, so I it got stuck in a long line at a drive through which was a bad decision for numerous reasons. Um, and, you know, traffic and other cir- circumstances outside of my control. There was a little road work and stuff, all of which would be probably okay excuses, except... The real reason I was late was because I was playing Metal Gear Solid Five and I lost track of time. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. Oh, you son of a bitch. And then I didn't realize what time it was because that game just has absorbed me uh, last night and today. I have... I don't do this with a lot of things, but the first Metal Gear Solid, and I was 17, 18 years old, um, and I started playing it, and it gripped me in a way no game ever had gripped me before, and... I had, uh, you know, borrowed it, like checked it out from a rental place, you know, a video store the night before. And I came home from work for my lunch break and uh, picked it up to start trying to play it. And I just didn't go back to work and I didn't stop playing it. And I was playing it all (laughs) afternoon and evening and night. And I woke up the next morning on the couch and picked it up and started playing again. One of the great video game experiences of my life. And so I sort of like allowed myself to make a little personal cult around the game in my head and so when the sure. sequel came out i like 
you know, I went to, I turned off, you know, I unplugged the phone and I like did a whole thing. Like I kind of like dug into it again and just beginning to end, just wanted to dive into it. And I did the same thing with three and then uh, what four came out when after I'd moved to Portland and I did a similar thing. And so I sort of have like had my little, like, this is my like like personal retreat thing that happens every few years is the Metal Gear game. With five, it's been a little different because, you know, I, I have... My job situation is different and I have a, you know, partner that I cohabitate with whose, you know, needs and attention are important to me too and things. And uh, I sort of just can't check out of the world for like 48 hours, Yeah, which is good too, because the game is more than 48 hours long <laughs> by quite a long margin. It's a, it's a different approach to it. So, so I sort of haven't been like quite as like insane down the rabbit hole over this one but it's not because it's not as good as the other ones it's just because like i'm finally you know with 34 years old and have to treat a video game as a video game and not as a lifestyle for a week but uh i uh but it has you know when it when it sinks its teeth into me it sinks its teeth into me and it's hard for me to break away from i can see this one in particular really doing because i've played just a little bit now Mm -hmm. um uh, I didn't play four at all. I still haven't gotten. Uh, we've talked about Metal Gear before, and we sort of talked over what we've respectively played from it. And I mm-hmm. sort of bounced off three a couple times and never got around to four because I didn't have the right system at the time. Mm. Uh, but this one, it's out for PC, and I've been PC. I oh, like to the call P- it the PC. The PC, uh-huh. um, and that works really well for me. And mm. I don't have a PS4, so you know. So, so I've got it. I've been playing that just a little bit, but the last couple of days, but it's like XOXO is coming up. I'm going to be mm-hmm. super distracted for the next several days. Probably not going to really touch it again until like next week. Uh, but I really enjoyed what I did so far. And I was, I was sort of surprised. It's like the Elder Scrolls Afghanistan in 1984 <laughs> by comparison. Like, like, like three had some touches of sort of expanding what you could do in the game, but it still really felt like the previous couple in terms of like, you have very specific mission areas and you're going to go do those missions in those areas. And you'll probably never come back to those levels or maybe just briefly. Whereas this one, it really feels like here's a bunch of uh, simulated Afghanistan and a bunch of Soviet troops during the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan in, in 84 go nuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's missions where you have to do, do some specific stuff, but you can also just wander around tranquilizing guys and guard posts and air, you know, weather ballooning uh, goats up for remote retrieval by spy agency operatives. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's, I, I played some last night and had a really nice time with it. And it's like, Oh, this is, yeah, I'm at 2% completion. <laughs> There's a lot of game here. This could take a while. So. Yeah. Did you play ground zeros? The kind of prologue? I did not. Standalone I, prologue I found, thing? I found the economics of that, enough of a turn off that I was hmm. like, eh, like, Hey, no, no, just pay 20 bucks for a, for a, a preview. Like, Oh, I didn't think it was that at all. I thought it totally worked as a standalone. Well, it, it may totally have game. done. So it just like, it didn't, it, it didn't sell me that way to some extent. Yeah. It's part of the and problem. It got, it got it, it, they didn't control the spin very well because that, it turned into like, Oh great. A, a paid demo. That's just yeah. what I want. Right. Well, and, and really you know, I didn't into the actual experience of playing. It wasn't like that for me at all. It's funny. If you look into the specific context of metal gear itself, that's probably part of the messaging problem. Cause like I remember when the sort of prologue to Metal Gear Solid 2 came out years and years ago, and it came along as a pack-in on some other PS2 yeah, game. Yeah, Zone of the Enders. Yeah. Yeah. Or vice versa, something. Anyway, yeah, you could 
basically you could end I up think playing you had the entire tanker chapter on yeah, yeah. which was it's a for a quote unquote demo it's a substantial chunk yeah, of gameplay for sure uh although once you get good at it, you can get through it in like an hour so it, it gets this, the perception shifts depending on how nutty you are about it but you know that was a that was on the one hand it was totally it was a free demo that was a packet on the other hand it's like yeah if you spend $50 on some other game although right. you could find the demo disc pretty easily once you went looking after the fact so like there's that weird heritage that then if you say oh it's kind of like that thing we did 10 years ago except give us $20 you know and and I'm not saying that it's right to say oh it's obviously not a value for its money like I I am retroactively interested in checking it out just based on the first 5 or 6 hours of of the full game mm-hmm. I've played but uh but still it it was sort of like it does seem like maybe that was a weird messaging situation on their part yeah yeah they did they didn't they didn't stay on top of it but what i mean whatever it's it's sort of a it was an experiment i don't don't know if they would say it was a success or not i thought it was i mean i got an incredible amount out of the relatively inexpensive uh game as it stood there um but they're also you know they're coming out in a in a time where a huge amount of self-identified you know game playing people gamers are um have it, you know, price, you know, dollar to time expectation. That's very, very insane, right? Yeah, now. and that's right. I mean, yeah, people the, are upset the, paying a dollar for a game on iOS. They're going to play for you know thirty hours. Yeah, which is in, we in talked about that. Right? It's nuts. Um, so yeah, it's but then at the same time, like they have they they have no compunctions about plunking down sixty five dollars for a different game that's in a different context, and it yeah. has you know actually has very little to do with the value or the payoff of the, you know, enjoyment they get yeah. out of the game and a lot it's more a, to do with the context that they're buying it in. Yeah, exactly. It's like we're, we're, we're more, if anything, sort of trained to try and appropriately uh, compensate the budgets of the games we're playing, which is a weird fucking, like, no one's right. like, oh, hey, wait, this 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 movie cost $150 million to make? I'll pay $100 for a ticket. Like, right. We would never <laughs> do that with movies. Right. Like, if someone's going to make a movie that costs a ton of money, they're doing it because they think they're going to make a ton of money. And, you know, there's there's not that much granularity in, like, console games. Like, new release retail console games are all generally the same price point. You know, for a while it was 50. For the last several years it's been 60. So it's, it's not totally insane, but at the same time it is weird. It is weird that we say, okay, well, you know, this is the kind of game that I pay $60 for. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of game I begrudge a dollar for. And obviously the production scale of these is very different, but I think that's more a reflection of the fact that they know they aren't going to make that money back than the fact that people don't want to do elaborate things for mobile platforms. It's just like, why the fuck would you? You aren't going to spend $100 million on Mm -hmm. a AAA iPhone game because you're never, ever going to make it back. Well, I think that even there, there's sort of outliers. I mean, I wonder what Hearthstone costs to develop. I think that... Wow, that's that's a Blizzard game that happens to have a mobile release. I guess it seems. I mean, I bet I'll bet more people play it on the tablets than on the computer. Maybe that's not true. I don't know. I don't know if it's true or not, but I do think that is. It's enough of an outlier. I don't yeah, necessarily. yeah. I think it is an outlier for sure. But it, yeah, it, or a counterexample. Every time we get really talking about video games, uh, I feel like we should have a video game podcast because mm. I feel bad for anybody who's like interested in us talking about stuff. But not video games. For some reason, the video games thing is always at the end, anyway. So it's yeah, like it's okay. I, I, I think. Guess. It's, I think it's. Yeah. I think it's when we just sort of like it's just like fuck it. Let's stop trying. Let's just yeah, talk about video games. I know. I know. It's something, and we never dip our toe in either. It's always just like ends up being Let's a go giant nuts. open-ended thing. Uh, well, um, maybe, maybe that means this should be the end because we we started late, so 
we can we can wrap up here and we can sure. do ourselves to to XOXO and uh and, yeah and I stuff think Metal like Gear Solid Five is an incredible game. <laughs> it's a, I qu- think, question uh, question is it supposed to be Metal Gear V? Because uh, they really conspicuously yeah. refer to the character as V yeah, in the beginning, but that could be just Hideo Kojima fucking with people. It's Hideo Kojima just if he sees a place to draw a weird association or like like clumsy wordplay, he will one hundred percent of the time take it. It's just yeah. kind of part of his thing, and he, he just wants to end up making everything reference everything else, reference everything else, reference yep. everything else, which I can respect. So yeah, I mean they, um, you know, they, they one one of the the uh, running themes of the game is the letter V for sure. But I don't. It's also the fifth entry in the Metal Gear series, and I'm sure it's a uh, it's meant to be pronounced Metal Gear Solid Five. I far. I mean, I, I would be surprised to hear otherwise. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I would say Playground Zeroes. I think it's um, it's got a it's got a it's a different layout. I mean, it's a different map. It's different than the Afghanistan world in that it's like one enclosed kind of like scene scenario. But it's also like you know, kind of uh, the train is different. The routines of the guards and stuff. It's it's a different type of infiltration than you get in any of the Afghanistan section okay. of the game. So it's a different enough in that to justify. And it's like nine dollars or something now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, it's got, it's really kind of stylistically different a little bit. All the controls are the same. They retuned it a little bit for the full game, but, um, almost entirely the same. And, um, I think it provides really good story backstory, story, thematic, what was I going to say? Thematic backstory? I don't know. It's a, it's a good, it's a good story wise it's a really good prequel to the rest of five so okay, one final question the 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 avatar editor in the beginning of metal gear five mm-hmm. build up a face and it sort of implies that they're going to facially reconstruct you to look differently to keep you safe mm-hmm. uh, but then that ends up not happening uh which i'm still trying to figure out where they were going with that exactly maybe it's just for the multiplayer maybe it's a kojima thing that'll elaborate later mm-hmm. but my point is you can edit like every detail of face if you edited the ears to come forward like three <laughs> inches. Would would they be? Would they stop being face Jason? What do they call it? Do they call it the face editor? They call it the avatar, avatar editor, editor, right? Yeah. So the fact that you can edit the ears doesn't implicitly include them in part of the. You may face, also not think. actually be able to edit the ears. Um, I may have. Just I don't remember. Injected that. You for can, the hell of It's it. pretty fucking good. I, it I, is I pretty good. Being I, really... I, I went quick through it because Angela was hanging out with me, and I was mm. like. I'm not going to make you watch me edit a face for an hour. I'm just going to pick some presets that I like and say, okay, good. Yeah, no, that's solid. And then I kind of liked the face I came up with. And I was like, oh, I guess I won't be Solid Snake this time or Naked Snake or Punished Snake or whatever the fuck. But mm-hmm. uh, but then I am anyway, so whatever. Anyway, I think we should probably stop there because we just started talking about Metal Gear for a few more minutes. <laughs> just in service of a dumb joke that I then went back to talking about Metal Gear after... Uh, so yeah, we'll probably, we'll probably get together and do this again, uh, soon. We were talking about getting together with, uh, Yaakov from, uh, we have such films. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so maybe we'll try and make that work if we can schedule something with him to tell a podcast in from Brooklyn. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm.